Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This week's episode, we have a spotlight on Steven Spielberg. So listen to Tony and Yenny as they discuss a 40-year career. That is nuts. And just after the release of Ready Player One, which I personally am obsessed with. I've seen it twice so far. I love it. I, mind you, did not read the book, so I don't have anything to compare it to. But as a standalone film, I had so much fun in the theater. So let's get started. Enjoy. everyone it's a brand new episode of tony and the movie guy and i am tony and the movie guy and with me miss money Annie. that's right oh and before we get started it's miss money Annie's birthday <laughs> happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear uh, miss money Annie. happy birthday i'm blushing over you. here Thank you, Tony. Very sweet. You're very welcome. And we got her a little uh, cupcake and a present and everything and surprised her before we started. So. Very sweet. Happy birthday, my dear. And we're coming up on Tony the Movie Guy's birthday. That's right. <laughs> my birthday is next week. So subscribe and exactly. rate and review the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Okay, good. So uh, this is going to be a fun episode. Um, a lot of our listeners and a lot of our fans have commented on wanting kind of like a spotlight episode on particular directors, actors, actresses, and so on. You know, like a Tom Cruise episode, because he's got a great body of work. And obviously, one of the most popular ones that's actually come up a few times is Steven Spielberg, who's like the maestro of film directors. And so with Ready Player One, having just come out, it was a, a big hit at the box office. It's a good return to form for Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Science fiction, pop culture kind of mashup. We thought we would celebrate that by doing a spotlight episode on Steven Spielberg. And that was Miss Money Annie's ringtone on her phone. <laughs> my phone ringtone. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is my favorite director, but Jurassic Park happens to me. One of my favorite movies. Right. It's like one of her all-time favorites. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to take a deep dive into his entire body of work. I'm so excited. Yeah. So we've got about, you know, an hour, hour and a half, um, but we're going to go through all of them. And obviously, uh, well, Spielberg has so many great films. He does. Um <laughs> But we are going to go through them all because I, I want to do it, give it proper justice and go Absolutely. through his entire body of work. Also, for people who love Spielberg, this might reveal some films they didn't even know about. Films that, you know, <laughs> maybe know weren't, yeah, or weren't huge blockbuster hits. Right. Um, he's actually had only a very rare few misfires, actually. You know I mean, his body of work is so impressive, which is why I think he's just generally regarded as like, the best film director of all time. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's really that much disputable. Do you? No, not right. at all. I mean, his his films hold the most magic. And as a director, I just think he can't 
really be topped in his body of work. Right, because in the last decade or so, he has kind of dipped a bit in blockbuster films. A little bit, yes. But his films have still been very esteemed, well-reviewed. Mm-hmm. He He's prominent at the Oscars and so on, and people still watch them. Oh, yeah. It's just he hasn't had, you know, a huge blockbuster hit. So hopefully Ready Player One will change that. And as I said, it's already made almost $200 million. Um, I think it's going to you know, actually do well with word of mouth. I saw it. I loved it. You loved it. Absolutely. So when we get to that, we'll talk about it as well. Um, My full review for Ready Player One is on Tony the Movie Guy, the Facebook page. I did give it, I gave it three and a half out of five stars, which is very good. Um, And there's a specific reason why I didn't give it like four um, and we'll, we'll go over that briefly sure. when, when we touch that film. Sounds okay? good. Okay, that's going to be in a while. All right, good. Well, I guess we should just kick it off, huh? Let's do it. All right, excellent. So good old... You're, you're going from the beginning, right? Yeah, so I'm going to do this in chronological order. Okay, good. So I'm going to do his first film and then the next one, which is what chronological <laughs> sequence means. I know that. <laughs> you looked I... at me so like... <laughs> befuddled (laughs) not at all i just meant i was just having the thought that it's possible that the earlier ones are actually something like myself that people may not know as well as they think they do that's right so as soon as i begin (laughs) they'll soon learn that (laughs) okay good so um he started way back in 1971 his first film was a film called deal now, have you seen Duel? I have not. Okay, I have seen Duel. When I was, I saw it when I was a kid. I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay. Um, and I remember it actually scared the crap out of me. Duel is basically about this guy who is being chased by like a killer tanker truck. That is the film. Wow. And from what I recall, you never know who the driver is. Okay. It was a weird film. Um, I think over the year, it wasn't a big hit or anything when it came out, but I think over the years it's come up in a claim okay um i need to revisit it because i saw it when i was a kid so i don't really have much more to say yeah, about so that. so we'll check that one out again yeah so duel was spielberg's first film okay and everyone should check it out if you haven't seen it okay the next film he did which again i saw when i was very young was uh 1974 the sugarland express and it's a crime drama i remember it being very kind of gritty mm-hmm. and i remember it because it stars goldie horn and my parents were huge fans of Goldie Hawn. Mine too. Especially in the 80s. So yeah. I, I remember it was a very different kind of film for her. It's about her breaking out her husband and then they're on the run from the cops. And it's quite a gritty, heavy kind of drama film. Uh, that was his second film. Okay. Again, for anyone who wants to check it out, Sugarland Express. Uh, it's been a long time for me, so I will probably revisit that. Okay, and then everything really changed. The big turning point for Spielberg was 1975. Jaws. Yes. Right. So, I mean, Jaws defined the blockbuster. That's kind of what it's known as. It was a huge blockbuster. Um, God, I wonder what it did to like beaches, you know, resorts. (laughs) I'm just thinking it cleared out all the beaches in America. Must have crashed their business. Now, what's fascinating about Jaws as a tidbit, which you probably know, is there were so many mechanical errors with the, the shark, shark. <laughs> which ended up working to the film's benefit. Yeah. Because in, originally Spielberg intended the shark to feature a lot more. Right. But there was so much more suspense because you don't see the shark a right. lot, yeah. which I agree with completely. Totally. It works so well. Yeah. Jaws is so iconic from the theme. And then you've got Roy Schneider, you know, 
we're going to need a bigger boat and uh, Richard <laughs> Dreyfus and yep. a fantastic cast. Um, it's a classic movie. Uh, I, I don't know that that film scares me so much anymore because I've seen it a lot, but it's it's still fantastic. Oh, yeah. It I, it's one up. of the ones I've watched in an outdoor movie theater, um, you know, the summer movies that I like to go to. And I remembered at the beginning wondering if this would still, you know, scare me or spook, be spooky. The beginning scene in the dark yeah, is the, actually the spookiest the yeah. with the girl because you... you you know, that concept of being in the the open water, you don't know what's below you, and then the music starts. That's right. So that was actually still very spooky. Um, but yeah, the test of time-wise, it's still a fantastic film, in my opinion. But, it is. Yeah. It is fantastic. And I something I haven't tried yet, but I've heard they do like... In Austin. Well, they, yeah. yeah. In Austin, like, yeah. what is it? It's like a beach party or it's in a pool? No, it's in a lake. And then they show the film. You're in a, you're oh in a tube and you watch it in the water. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, it'd be great. Okay. Next one. I think we're good with Jaws, right? Because yes. we've spoken about that before. We love Jaws. It's a classic. If you haven't seen Jaws watch it yeah um 1977 close encounters of the third kind i love that movie love it too again that's richard dreyfus that's his first kind of foray into science fiction um that film's very iconic and i watched it again a few months ago and it, it kind of does stand the test of time and it kind of doesn't okay you know it gets a lot of um kind of not negative reception, but there's a lot of controversy over the ending that Richard Dreyfuss just kind of ups and leaves his family and kids. Mm. And you kind of understand at the time why Spielberg didn't really care about that because he had gone through his parents going through right. divorce and all that. But um, it, it's a phenomenal film. It really is. Uh, it's got so many iconic images, the boy at the door when the aliens and the spaceship and the lights mm -hmm. and at the end with the whole, the sounds with the orchestra, which yeah. I, you know, I won't uh, harm my listeners by <laughs> trying to toot them. You know, I haven't seen it in a very long time, so it's due for an, uh, a rewatch. Yeah, you should. As I said, I saw it a couple, I think it was last year, late last year, okay. and I enjoyed it. Um, I could see some parts were kind of a bit outdated, but I did enjoy it, and I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Okay. Because it's one of those films I loved as a kid, but I hadn't revisited a lot. Um, but Close Encounters, it's a classic. Um People absolutely should check that out if they haven't seen mm -hmm. it. All right, the next one is 1979-1941. Now, this is considered Spielberg's only true flop. Oh. Now, here's what's interesting about this film. So this was a World War II screwball comedy with a huge ensemble cast. Like John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, wow. John Candy. They were all very big at that time, huge. especially. Yeah. And... What's interesting is it was considered a complete flop. It actually made like three times its budget, but it was nothing compared to what his other films had done, which right. he was known as like the, the king of blockbuster films. Um, again, I need to rewatch this film. Making this list made me remember that. I watched 1941, I don't know why, as a kid several times because I loved um, John Belushi as a kid because I loved the Blues Brothers. Right. Um, and I guess my dad had a VHS hanging around and I would watch it. So I actually have quite fun memories of it as a kid, but I haven't revisited yeah. it. So I, I want to check it out. So that is a movie we should watch. Okay, actually. good. Let's do it. Yeah, 1941. Uh, that's a Spielberg film. That's kind of considered his quote unquote, you know, one and only big flop. It actually cost 20 million and it made 95 million at the box oh, office. Oh, terrible flop, really. Yeah, kind of interesting when you think of it. All right. 
And then if you think he hadn't done enough with, you know, redefining cinematic masterpieces, 1981, I guess he really wanted to prove his point after 1941, he made this little movie called Raiders of the Lost Star. <laughs> this little movie. Right. Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones. I mean, it wasn't even called Indiana Jones. It was nope. just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. That film became an a instant, yeah. instant sensation. Yeah. You know, I mean, Indiana Jones is such an iconic character. Right from the beginning intro, you know, where he takes the stone and mm -hmm. he's being chased by the boulder and you know, escapes on the plane. And then you've got the whole scene with, you know, Indiana Jones and the sword fight that was supposed to happen. But apparently... Indiana, uh, Indiana <laughs> yeah. Jones. Apparently Harrison Ford was really sick that day and had like a bad case of That's diarrhea. Right. So he was like, oh, screw this. And he just shot the guy. Yeah. And Spielberg loved kept it him. so much. He yeah. kept it in the film. Yeah. It's so iconic. Um, what's funny about Raiders of the Lost Ark as well is I saw that film so many times when I was a kid. Oh, and so I loved spooky. it. spooky. Right. It's At the time, heavy. Even the beginning, uh, it has one of the scariest um parts that i still find incredibly terrifying where he goes into the cave you hear this creepy music he turns around and he has like 20 huge spiders on his back That's which is right. my worst nightmare personally yeah, like beetles and slugs it's and, it's, yeah. it's a really creepy movie but yeah. it's fantastic yeah and there's a really young alfred molina uh, at the time, probably no one knows who he is. He's Doc Ock from Spider-Man uh -huh. 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he gets, like, stabbed by those spikes. That's right, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, it was, like, gory. And in the end, when the Germans, the Nazis, yeah. open the Ark and they, like, so scary. fly and melt. Yeah, the Nazis all melt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, Raiders so of the Lost Ark. It's an absolute classic. It started that whole franchise the, and, one of the best franchises yeah. that exists. And that's produced by George Lucas. Yes. They, they, they kind of did that together, but um, directed by Spielberg. Okay, good. And then 1982, I mean, oh my God, he had a banner year in 1981 and then topped it in 1982 with E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Wow. What now, a year. Do you love E.T.? I, I, I love E.T. Okay, good. So yes. I love E.T. And I was surprised to find that certain people don't love it so much anymore. I know. You know, um, they consider it kind of boring or whatever. I, I don't know what I, drugs I they're smoking. <laughs> I, I That film, I saw it in the theater. It was enchanting then. It's as enchanting as it is today. And even more, actually, because now I can kind of understand a lot more about it. Yeah, because it's actually it got a lot and, of very yeah. adult references right. that as a child, you don't really understand. Right, and the whole perspective that it shot from, yeah. I told you, like the, the, whole, the teacher yeah. is Harrison Ford. You never even see him. Because you, you don't know? see the parents, the top right. of them. Yeah, until later on, I think yeah. it doesn't actually show an adult. And the um, kid is just so good. Right, so you, I, that's what I was going to say. I appreciate Henry Thomas so mm -hmm. much more now. As a kid, I guess he just related to me so much. But right. now I look back, I'm like, wow, that performance is phenomenal. Yeah, 100%. He's Elliot, you know, E.T. phone home. <laughs> and again, not just the music, but it's so iconic, you know, yeah. flying in their bicycles across the moon. It, you know, oh, a young baby Drew Barrymore. She's so cute. You've got a young C. Thomas Howell in that film. Um, it, it's just fantastic. I love it. I saw it last year. It's very sad and melancholy, uh, but it's a very uplifting movie. And I consider that, a, again, a science fiction classic, but it's a family movie that you must show your children, 100%. in my humble opinion. Oh, yeah. 
Anything else you want to say about E.T.? No, I, I love E.T. Wow. And uh, I've rewatched it numerous times. And it, to me, totally stands the test of time with its magic. Okay, good. Make sure you pipe in any time. Because you know how I'm, I'm a little kid, especially when it comes to Spielberg. Because well, he's my favorite. you know I'm going nuts on Jurassic Park. So. Right. Okay, good. Yeah, so I, I guess I didn't say this. He is my favorite film director yep. of all time. And mine. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, he just is. Um, and the truth is, even if he didn't make another film, he would be still. His body of work. Agreed. is unparalleled to me um okay good so then the next one uh, is more obscure 1983 he directed the twilight zone movie twilight zone the movie that i haven't seen oh i have seen and it's weird um and it's actually very controversial that film because How um, so? well this is going to get really macabre but an actor and some people on the set got like decapitated accidentally a bunch of people kidding? died on the set of that sh uh, that film while it was being directed how did they get now i think the film was actually directed in different segments i don't even know that uh you know spielberg directed all of them because it's basically like five short stories kind of uh, like twilight zone in one okay uh, a very young nancy cartwright is in oh, really? uh, one of those you know mini films within the film um to answer your question i don't, don't know, know the details uh, and i don't really want to know but um, yeah probably not a good idea i'd love to see twilight zone rebooted because I, I mean those spooked me out but i'm mainly talking about the tv series because i watched lots of those that you see i did see and it really frightened me so yeah. i never watched the film yeah so um if people can find it i guess they should check it out um i again because i'm crazy and i watch things all the time i watched it was on hulu or something last oh. year and i watched it you know um Okay, good. Then 1984, once again, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I love the Temple okay, yeah, of Doom. Okay, yeah, so I, I, I'm kind of weird. That's my favorite Indiana Jones film. No, that's not weird. I was just listening to a podcast and they were talking about that. I yeah. love that movie. So uh, it's not well revered by critics. A lot of them consider it the worst one. It huh. was also very controversial when it came out because um, it kind of um, prompted the PG-13 rating because a lot of people thought it was really violent with, you know, that guy ripping up people. It was a bit stuff. at the end. It was, yeah. but look at Raiders of the Lost Ark like we were just talking about. That's true. That was too. Um, but the same year, I think Gremlins had come out and, and Temple of Doom. So then that's when right. they, they created the PG-13 rating. Um, I love Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, again, because I saw it at such a young age. And I love the whole film because I love, you know, Short Round. His relationship know. with Short yeah. Round is just so cute no time for love dr jones you know? indy i love you yeah hold on to your butts dr jones yeah so good so and then good. uh the the girl is kate capshaw you know who that is i don't all oh, right that's why i'm turning the movie that back. is why you're turning the that's movie. steven spielberg's wife uh, so i'm sure he's very happy about still because he got divorced right? no he's married to kate capshaw. oh wow yeah they've been married for over 30 years that's awesome i've never seen her or anything else she's the blonde in that film but uh i'm that's sure awesome. That film has a dear place in his heart because of, of that. He met her and they've been married since. Um, I hope that's right, but I'm pretty certain. You probably it is. are. I think I'm actually thinking of George Lucas. Never mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I wanted to say about Temple of Doom specifically is what's always etched in my mind is the beginning. The opening oh, is like this grand scene. musical with that in big his white golden. Tux. Yeah, he's in the white tux and you know chasing uh, for the poison. Yeah. Yeah. He needs the antidote because they've poisoned he's, him. Because he's going to die. Yeah. Right, and then you've got that big gong and he's rolling yep. around the gong. So and then he good. escapes and jumps in the car with short round where he's like, hold on to your butt. Da -da so and then they get in the plane and they're falling asleep in the plane and then the pilots jump out and leave them and then they jump off the plane and the rubber dinghy which inflates and they <laughs> so 
sled so down the icy scopes of the mountain. Oh my God. I remember to me in my mind as a kid, I was like, oh my God, this is real. It, it was so good. And then the roller coasters at the end where they're going down oh, the mines. So good. Oh, I that, that's my second it. favorite one, but I absolutely adore it. Like Indiana Jones are on my top 10 movies. Yeah. So it's probably my most rewatchable one. But yeah. uh, again, I mean, the, the, the first three I love. Of course. I mean, they are just fantastic. Okay, good. 1985 is where he kind of took a foray, I guess, for the first time into more drama. I guess that's not true because of Sugarland Express, but it's I true. guess more renowned and well-known drama. Okay. Um, he did a film called The Color Purple, and that's right. with Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. And Danny Glover. Again, have you seen that? I have not. I've seen, uh, like, you know, uh, clips here and there, but I have not actually seen it all the way through. So it's another film that I want to revisit. I saw it when I was a kid. See, I had good parents, uh, my dad especially, because he, I mean, <laughs> Mine he, too. yeah, he watched all these films. So I remember he had it on and I watched it and it's kind of slow and it's about these sisters who get drawn apart and about domestic abuse and it's much right. more, you know, very heavy. solemn, you know, but uh, it was very well acted. And I remember it, it, I loved Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And again, she had done like Jumping Jack Flash and this is way before Ghost. The, the funny, funny movies, Yeah, right? comedies and stuff. Yeah. And then she was in this really serious movie. And I remember the book was a really big deal in the 80s. So okay. I remember all this as this little nerdy kid. But um, I want to check that film out again. It's been a long, long time. So that is another one we should cool. check out. The Color Purple. Uh, and I know that was a big Oscar movie. I don't know how many wins it got, but it was definitely it, yeah. nominated a lot. Um, okay, good. 1987. This is underrated. Empire of the Sun. Have you oh, seen Empire yes. of the Sun? Yes. This is a young Such a good movie. Christian Bale. Yep. I, I know and that. Like I actually know that. Me and my sister really like that movie. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. I don't, movie. okay. Uh, remind me a little bit though, because I don't remember it very well. I just remember loving it. Okay. So I, again, I, uh, it's interesting now that I'm going through this. I haven't seen it in 20 years. Doesn't it take I, part after oh, no. the war or yes, something? Yes, no, it's okay. World War yeah. II and people are getting evacuated That's and right. he gets separated from his family. And I was and bawling about, my eyes out. Yeah, and it's all about his survival and everything and he is fantastic in it. Um, and it's it's quite a long, epic movie. It's not a big action no. uh, yeah. war movie at all. Um, but I remember Christian Bale's performance. And I remember, spoilers, the end when he finally reconnects with his mother and the way he's like touching her face. And, oh, it really moved me as like a 12-year-old mm. kid. Oh, I was, um, yeah. I want to rewatch that. But uh, I've seen it enough and it's etched enough in my brain that I always loved it. And I highly recommend Empire of the Sun, A, just for an underrated Spielberg movie, yeah. and B, for Christian Bale. Because See, I didn't kid, know was it was fantastic. him. I had no yeah. idea it was him, so yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and I'm sure there's other great actors. I actually just Isn't don't remember. Isn't there another remember. young child that he befriends or I, something? See, yeah. I don't remember you see, that. See, I, I think there is someone else in there. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I remember Nigel Havers, who was a British actor, was in it. He was in Chariots of the Fire, and I haven't seen him around for a long time. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, definitely check cool. that one out. Okay, good. And then 1989, again, this is kind of an underrated film. This film wasn't hugely successful. Spielberg directed a movie called Always mm -hmm. with um, Richard Dreyfuss, Holly Hunter and John Goodman. And uh, it's funny. This is the film that um, Danny and I, I watched it 
about 20 years ago when I was a kid. Okay. And I didn't remember it much. I remember it being kind of soppy. I saw it last year with my wife, Danny, and we both really enjoyed it. We we dubbed it Top Ghost. We have this inside oh, joke. Top Ghost. Because, well, A, you know, we love Top Gun. It's about Richard Dreyfus is one of these guys who flies those planes mm-hmm. over big forest fires yeah. and puts the water down okay. to help get the fire out. Yeah. And he dies. Okay. And then he comes back as a ghost to basically help Holly Hunter, who who's his love, and help her basically repair her life and kind of move on. Oh, you know, because awesome. she's yeah, and it's actually a good movie. John Goodman's a good net. I don't remember who the other lead guy is. He's kind of an unknown guy who she ends up with. He basically hooks her up with this guy. Uh, it was Audrey Hepburn's last film as well. Oh wow! She plays like a kind of angel in the afterlife who directs. Richard Dreyfus. It's just a cute little film and it's like a nice slice of like fantasy is basically cool. what it is. Um and you should check it out. It's called Definitely. Always. Always. Um yeah, or Top Ghost as my wife Top calls Ghost. it. <laughs> um, That's actually really good. I yeah, get it now. It's very smart and witty. Okay, good. 1989 Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And that is my favorite. So I know you absolutely love that and so and now much. I do too. So here's what's interesting about that because there was a delay which I guess wasn't even that long. Well actually it was. It was like 5 6 years. A I don't even remember seeing it in the theater, so that might be it. I might have caught it way later. At first viewing, that film wasn't like wow to me. Oh, it was so wow. Well, trust me. me, now I've seen it over the last decade, I've seen it a good five, six times, and I love it. I love it more and more. It's fantastic. Sean Connery as his father is such brilliant casting. A young Edward Furlong. That's not Edward Furlong. No, who is it? River Phoenix. Sorry, River Phoenix. I confuse the two a lot because I have a crush on both of them. But River Phoenix. River Phoenix is dead, unfortunately. He was a fantastic actor. And Edward Furlong is like a junkie heroin addict. (laughs) He died too. No. Oh, he's still alive. (laughs) His career died. Anyway, um, just to give the setup and then don't worry, I'll let you talk about it. Um, So it came out, there was a big delay, um, you know. Between the films, There really was, but it came out in 89. It was a huge hit and you're right. It was very well reviewed and it's now considered the best one by most people. Um, And yeah, that pairing of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones um, Jr. And then Sean Connery as Senior. And also the comedy and their chemistry is so good. Good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you're right. The whole intro with a young Indiana Jones, which is River Phoenix. And it also shows how he gets the scar. Mm-hmm. It shows how he got the hat. Mm-hmm. And it shows why he's afraid of snakes. Correct. So it really sets up a lot. Um, I absolutely love that movie. Go, Yenny. I can see you bursting. <laughs> okay, so from my enormous crush on River Phoenix when I was young, my dad used... This is the one my dad loved the most. So he used to make me rewatch this. I... Sh- I shit you not 50 50 times wow. in a year like we'd watch it once a month and and then again and again and again and, and you just saw it recently and i, I just rewatched. well it. i watched all three oh, they were wow. on television so i just uh, recorded all of them i went bang 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 on a sunday <laughs> i just did a marathon and i loved them all again but that was actually the first one so then i went back and watched the other two anyways um that the um everything about that story is so awesome um the you know the hidden messages in his diary to his son the the way the nazis are portrayed in that movie with the the german beautiful professor who's double crossing them both and you know the fact that hitler signs the diary when oh, in that right. one scene you he know, autographs it he autographs them. it and um 
but yeah, the, the thing that shines in that movie is Sean Connery and his relationship with his son, which is obviously very strained. He wants, always wanted him to be more like a father figure to him, yet he, you know, he's like, no, I made you strong. I made you smart. And right, da-da-da. yeah, they have a real rivalry and a beef. Yeah, and he but calls they still him Junior, and he's like, don't call me Junior. He's like, the dog's name was Indiana. You know, like <laughs> the whole thing is just, I, I love everything about that movie. I love the three, you know, the three tasks at the, oh, end. Yeah, at the end. The religious aspect yeah. of it is done very beautifully. Uh, with the Holy Grail. Yeah. You chose wisely. <laughs> yeah, he you chose, chose poorly. poorly. That was okay, so when I was little, that scene scared the heck out of me when yeah. he drinks and turns into this like, you know, skeletor and combusts. Anyway, I love that movie. It is my favorite. Yeah, I love it too. And you're right. It it's a film that has many iconic scenes as well. I mean, the so whole introduction, many. I think of the film uh, the scene when um uh Sean Connery thinks he's gone over in the tank and they're yeah. all mourning him <laughs> right. and he like gets, gets up on decide. the other side and he's like standing behind what's him. Happening? He's like, what's happening guys? What are you looking at? Because they think he's dead. Yeah. And then the scene when him, him and his dad, Sean Connery, are tied up and they're oh, arguing yeah. and then Sean so Connery good. sets it on fire and, or then they, they go through that secret door into this like Nazi like secret control center. <laughs> yeah, and then they like spin around. Um, oh, and they talk about, great. they've both, uh, they're, they're talking and she she kisses him, the 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 Nazi girl, and she's like, "That's how Austrians say goodbye." Uh, and like, it was so good for me, or something. And then the dad starts talking, and they like have both basically. Oh yeah, they slept both acknowledge her. her, like they both slept with yeah, her. Little rascals. Funny. So funny. yeah, it's a great film. Um, there's a lot more comedy in yeah, uh, the Last Crusade, which works. And here's what's interesting, because a lot of people shit on the last one that came out because of the you know, the fantastical elements with the aliens, which I'm, we're going to get to. Mm. But it is funny when you think about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, it had oh, a, totally a, a thousand-year-old knight. It had, the, you know, the Holy Grail and, yeah. you know, all kinds of fantastical stuff. And so did, uh, so, sorry, that's Raiders of the Lost Ark. And yeah. and then so did uh, Last Crusade. They, totally. They all had, like, fantastical elements. Yeah. But uh, I think the film was just so much more enjoyable as a whole. Yeah. Um. Anyway, okay, good. Yeah, I mean, anyone, anyone who hasn't seen, you know, the trilogy is what everyone really likes to think of it as. Totally. Which is kind of sad for poor uh, Kingdom. You, you know, know they're doing another skull. one. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it. That's the thing. I'll, I I would love to see it, of course. I mean, Maybe I'm they'll a just sucker. do a beautiful job and bring it all back. Who yeah, knows? well, they, they need to turn it over to a new indie as well, <laughs> yes, though. Yes, they I mean, do. He, Harrison Ford's in his 70s. I know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll be first in line. Me too. I, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. We'll move on. Um, but, yeah, I mean... You know, it's it's also just a great like a uh, weekend. You know, at home, oh, popcorn, yeah. drinks, do the trilogy. You know what I mean. Absolutely. And if you really want to, do all four of them. Yeah, and yeah, we'll get to it. But just so you know, I am less of a hater of the fourth than most people are. Just so you, well, actually, most people hate it. Just that's so what know. I'm saying. Yeah, I'm uh, less of a hater well, than so, most. So am I now because I've rewatched it several times, and there is actually a lot to enjoy about yeah. it. It goes um, off the rails in the middle, but. Anyway, Save it. Yeah. We're going to talk okay. about that one. Okay, I'm going to move on. Uh, we're chugging along, which is good. 1991. And again, this is an interesting film uh, directed by Spielberg, Hook. Because this was not yeah. a big success. Oh, it wasn't. Uh, no, I thought it was. A, like no, a... and it's not well reviewed, but it kind of almost has cult status. It does. There's now, people yeah. who don't like it, and there's just a lot of people, I guess it hit them at the right age, yeah. who absolutely love it. You know, bangerang. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a real, like, reimagination of Peter Pan because you've is. got Dustin Hoffman as Captain Cook who I thought he Hook. was good in it 
Yeah, Captain Hook. You said Cook. No, I said Hook. You said Cook. I trust me. I know it's Hook. Okay. Um, Robin Williams as Peter Pan, all grown up. Yep. Julia Roberts Which as Which I love as Tink. Oh, see, I couldn't stand her. Oh, I loved it. Um, but I loved uh, Dustin Hoffman for sure. Um, and then, but it's weird. It was kind of considered a bit of a rare misfire. I haven't seen it a lot, but I've seen it several times. It's fantastical. Uh, it's it's a good romp. It's, it's fun. And I could kind of see why it's revered by a lot of people who saw it at the exact age. Yeah, I agree. Do you have anything else to comment on? Well, you well, you kind of covered it. Honestly, when I was younger, I didn't like it very much. I didn't like, you're going to hate me, but I didn't like Robin Williams very much when I was really? younger. Oh, wow. Because I had seen a few, I think I'd just caught quite a few of the serious movies before I even God, saw see, I loved him since Hook, Mork and Mindy, the TV show. Which I never saw. Oh. Uh, I didn't have television, I only watched films. Nanu, nanu. And... <laughs> Um, Hook was actually a bit dark for me when I was a kid. Huh. And then I rewatched it, say, five years later, and I really liked it. Oh, wow. Anyway. Yeah. That's well, how I like it. Yeah, so I've seen it a couple times in the last decade or so, and now I appreciate it more. Yeah. Again, it's kind of cheesy. It's kind of fun. Um, I, You know, if I was listing out and ranking them, it would be towards the end. But it's sure. certainly not a bad movie by any no. stretch of the imagination. No, it's a good film. Okay, good. We're there, Yanni. We are. 1993. Wow, it was 93? Jurassic Park. Oh well, my you're going to see. 1993 was... Look, by by 1993, Steven Spielberg was... I think it's fair to say already considered like the greatest director of all time. He, I think he was. He was already considered, you know, incredible. Every film was an event. Uh, then he comes out with... And we're going to talk about them in the same year. Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Oh my gosh, so I had no idea. Jurassic Park's one of your favorite films what of all time. It is. Um, I'm going to talk about it for a minute, and then I'm just going to let you go rampant, <sighs> okay? Um, it's Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Jackson. Again, hold on to your butts. <laughs> it's in two, Indi- so uh, two um, Spielberg films. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so Jurassic Park redefined the blockbuster. It did. It took it. It made almost a billion dollars. It took it to a whole new level, and the effects on those dinosaurs oh. was just groundbreaking. You had Sir Richard For all practical. Atten- yeah, Sir Richard Attenborough as well. It wasn't all practical. Actually. A lot. Yeah, a the, lot. Um, this is when they because uh, I actually watched a whole documentary where Spielberg found out how they could use computer technologies Correct. to make. The, the dinosaurs and it blew them away because it had never been done before yeah. it was just incredible um don't worry i'm gonna let you you know say everything you want to say a horse like rearing to go here. yeah but um so again somehow i missed jurassic park in the theater did you see it in the theater three times okay good so when it came out when it came good. out so that's on the release weekend I, I guarantee you that's one reason why it's just forever etched oh, in yeah. your brain i saw it on vhs probably five years later Ah. Um, on a small TV. Um, and I, I liked it, don't get me wrong, but I didn't love it. Now, I've seen it a couple of times and we saw it on one of those... Outdoor Eats, movies, yeah. yeah. see here out in the park on a big screen and I remember really enjoying it then. Um, it's also known for its lines, you know, that's oh. a great big pile of shit. <laughs> and, you know, and um, you know, it's got, yeah, Sam Jackson and Jeff Goldblum as most so great. Jeff Goldblumers, you know, just <laughs> lying there with his shirt open, you <laughs> yeah. know, which has become like one of the most popular memes of all Must time. Must go faster. Must go faster. Yeah. I mean, it's got so many iconic scenes uh, uh, and I love it dearly. And now obviously they've rebooted it really successfully with these Jurassic World films. Yeah. Whether you like them or not, they're huge. I mean, Jurassic World made like over 
don't dislike them. The I, first one I liked. This yeah. one we'll see. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. You, the spotlight is on you. I know you love this film. Talk about so, your love of Jurassic Park. Well, I'll start with I read the book. Oh, you did? Oh, it's a Michael Crichton Correct. book. Correct. So yeah. I read the book like two or three times. Before or after? Before the film. Oh, wow. Look so at this, you. This had, I had a phenomenal. This is one of my, my huge love for Jurassic Park. That when I read the book. I was so fascinated by this whole concept. Is I, it similar? Different? It's identical. Oh, wow. They did. And that was the thing. You know, like how you went to watch Lord of the Rings and you you were like, wow, he did such a beautiful job at bringing your imagination right. to and the screen. Right, and he changed quite a bit from Lord of the Rings, but still it's the best adaptation right. I've seen. And that was, for me, the same phenomena with Jurassic Park because I loved the books. Oh. I was glued to those pages and I reread it several times. So then when the film came out... Which wasn't short, uh, long after, because I think they like sped it into production really right. fast. Um, I loved what they did, obviously, hmm. and it was um, the kids that they chose. All the I, I didn't know all the actors well at that time. I only really knew Jeff Goldblum. Well, none um, of them were. They weren't really, really big people, You're right? right? Goldblum was probably the most famous. So um, I thought they picked everybody perfectly. Right. Um, you know, from from the the grandpa fr- to everybody, every everything was perfect. Every scene was perfect. Every line was perfect. The script was awesome. It's such a spectacular action adventure. And anything, honestly, that's shot in Hawaii, which the whole thing was on the island right, of so Hawaii, yeah. it's so stunning. Uh, and then, obviously, with the music to go with that, I thought it was so aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. And and then. My favorite scene. What do you think my favorite scene is? Oh, I have no idea. My favorite scene is actually... Oh, the velociraptors in the kitchen with the kids? Right before that when she... Oh. Yeah, exactly that. So that she's got awesome. the jello, the iconic oh, scene yeah, yeah, of her yeah. holding it, and her, her spoon just starts girl. Yeah. wobbling because she can see it through this paper um, banner that's fallen down, and she grabs her brother and goes into the big kitchen, and that whole scene is so breathtakingly scary and yeah. thrilling. Anyway. Uh, I love that one. The scene that got captioned and parodied all the time was in the car and the yeah, glass of water exactly. shaking as the T-Rex first yeah. approaches. And That's that like whole, the most iconic And that whole thing, yeah. scene is amazing. How that all goes down, how they go over the cliff, all of that is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing I do remember is it has quite a build-up, this film. Oh, yeah. Like it takes like 45 minutes it to does. get going. Yeah. And then obviously... And in the book, it's, it's way it's longer. Non-stop. It's way, way longer. They That whole... The whole story behind, you know, how the, the fat dude, I forget his name, is... The fat dude. He's, he's from the, Seinfeld, right? <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy is, you know, stealing the eggs and da 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 He... Um, Anyway, he um, there's a big backstory to that whole oh, thing. Oh, that whole character. Yeah, that, that, that whole thing. So... That was a scary yeah. scene as well, actually, when he gets killed in the car by oh, that yeah. that little, like, at first cute-looking dinosaur, yeah. and then it, like... Yeah. And this is an audio podcast, but everyone who's seen the movie knows <laughs> what was, I'm talking about. The spitting dinosaur yeah. spits and into it, your eyes. Right, and, but its whole yeah. face, like, opens up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, okay, good. So, I mean, Jurassic Park, look, I... Number one, I always have huge respect for this film. I absolutely do. And number two... better. Well, no, and number two... Well, I told you, honestly, I wasn't a big fan of it in the last couple of years especially because i've now probably seen it three times in the last couple of years yeah i see it every year now i right now i enjoy it a lot um and i do think it's an epic science fiction uh adventure film yes um and it, it was certainly groundbreaking so i mean i think 
everyone who's anyone has seen Jurassic Park. Yes. And nearly everyone absolutely adores this film. And you are right that it is an aspect. We've been over this many times of when you watch it in your life, what it means to you at that time. And that nostalgia definitely is a huge factor for me. Yeah, if I had seen that film in the theater, I guarantee you I would be right beside you feeling the same way yeah. kind of like independence day when i saw that in the theater oh, yeah i watch that movie now and it's so sad <laughs> to me because it's so cheesy i still love it so do i you know i, I won't let go because i, I that film blew me away oh, in the man, theater that was so good in the theater I, the, that was another one i watched like three times anyway yeah it's a bummer i missed jurassic park in the theater but what can you do i can't go back in time not yet can I? <laughs> okay let's see so the same year um 1993 Three, uh, Steven Spielberg directed. Uh, also, as an anecdote, look how busy he was. How could he have Just done those two films? Turning out epic wow. films, you know, one after the other. So Schindler's List. No. This is commonly regarded as His Spielberg's best, right? masterpiece. Yeah. Well, see, you're not a fan of this film particularly. It's not that. It's I have such a hard have time watching it? it. I've watched half of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you watched like before the Holocaust or after the Holocaust? It's the, I think I watched the second half of the film, but it still had a bunch of the rough scenes. Right. Um, so Schindler's List is a, mar- I mean, it's one of my top 10 films of all time easily. Yeah. And you're right. Look, it's not. I do need to rewatch it. I know. It's not a film you like sit down with popcorn and just enjoy on a Friday evening. No. It's a tough watch. To me, this is a film that demands viewing, it demands respect, uh, and it will stand the test of time because it depicts a moment in history that was real, that was so horrific that you need to be educated in. And it just so happens to be directed and edited and done so masterfully with such respect and so beautifully and so uh, it's so thought provoking and very disturbing so obviously what this film is about i think most people know it's about world war ii and it's about the the holocaust Holocaust specifically um uh, it's you know spielberg this was a huge oscar movie it won seven oscars he got best picture best director um liam neeson uh was nominated i i cannot believe he didn't win he plays oscar schindler And, Which is a true um, character, yeah, right? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll go into that. And then uh, uh, Ralph Ralph Fiennes plays this uh, character called uh, Eamon Goeth. Mm-hmm. Who, oh my God, he is just the personification of evil of all. I don't even know if he was a real character. Not He's sure. kind of based on a conglomeration of just these Nazi SS, just pure evil people. He really believes in what he's doing, wow. you know, where he just cleanses and, you know, carries out his duties like these people are like, you know, ants, maggots. Um, anyway, it's it's an extremely powerful film. Uh, I can't believe Raffines and uh, Liam Neeson didn't win Oscars That's either. Crazy, yeah. They really should have. And then uh, Ben Kingsley is just fantastic. So the film is based on a true story. It's based on a book. This guy, Oscar Schindler, he was actually a pretty bad guy himself. He was really? a Nazi. Oh. He was a big businessman. Um, and he ran these big factories and he didn't really care much he was completely supportive of Hitler and everything. But then he started seeing the Holocaust and how they would clean out all these cities and how they would just line people up. And Schindler's List has this very uh, shocking um, image when they're cleansing the whole city and they're just mm-hmm. lining these people up and shooting them and dragging them all out. And Liam Neeson is uh, uh, playing Oscar Schindler as, you know, on a horse on a mountain observing it. And he sees this little girl in the red dress just kind of walking. The whole film is shot in black and white. 
just yeah. so you know. Yeah. Um, and the only image of color is him seeing this little girl. She's probably like four or five years old, walking along on her own, just confused in a little red dress. And then later on in the film where it shows thousands of bodies being, you know, burnt. Yeah. Um, it, he sees the little girl in the red dress. Oh, wow. And that's his turning point. That's when he goes, oh, wow, I need to do something. So then he starts making his mission to save as many Jews as he can yeah. by getting them to work for him. And he saves Ben Kingsley, who's like his accountant and guy works for him. And I think he ended up saving about 5,000 people. I don't know the exact numbers. Right. But then because of the progeny and the generations, he's ended up saving like 30 or 50,000 people. Yeah, because of all the kids they could have. Right. So at the end of the movie, which is so beautifully done, I mean, if the film itself isn't emotional enough, um, it flash forwards to present, which is at the time in the 90s, and it has all the real life people next to the actors who are playing them or their progeny, like the grandkids or whatever. Um, putting like a rose or a flower on Oscar Schindler's grave. And oh, wow. it's just hundreds and hundreds of people in this big line in the graveyard going down. And it, it, it's such a powerful film. Wow. Um, the film has so many incredible scenes. Um, obviously, a lot of them very shocking, so I won't go into those. But one, the end, which again, this film's been out for 25 yeah. years. So there will be spoilers on this. But And this is why Liam Neeson should have won an Oscar. There's a scene where he breaks down at the end. Um, because uh, the Jews take out um, like their gold teeth and everything and they mold together a ring for him. Oh my gosh. And then he like breaks down. He's like, uh, with this, I could have probably saved two more. And then he looks at his like watch. He's like, with this, I could have saved five more, you know? And wow. he just, he has a meltdown. Like I could have, I could have done more. Right. Um, again, look, when this film came out, I did not see it in the theater. And I'm like, I'm glad I didn't. I don't yeah. know if I could have stomached it in the theater. I remember very distinctly with a group of friends, we rented this film. We watched it. We were so mesmerized, but we were so shook. We turned it off about yeah. 45 minutes in. And then we watched like Ace Ventura, Pet yeah. Detective. <laughs> and then a week later... We rented it again. We watched another hour of it. And then we watched something like Basic Instinct, you know, because wow. we're all horny teenagers. <laughs> and then finally, I think the the third rental, we finished it. Now, this was not because we didn't love the movie. Right. It, it was mesmerizing. It's just so hard to It watch. was very heavy. Um, I'm touching upon this in a bit more detail because I love this film. And, and you should. It is considered his masterpiece. And I know it. Um, I know many people like my, my brother-in-law, Manuel Bayer, loves this film yeah i've and seen it we saw it together that's who that's one of the people i watched it with and that's when I'm who describing made me this. watch it yeah i've seen it about a dozen times yeah. which is actually impressive for a film like that again it's that about is, a three yeah. four hour movie and it's very graphic i mean that's the thing as well that's very bold of um spielberg he doesn't shy away from no. showing the the pure atrocities, atrocities yeah. at all um, and there's so many interweaving storylines as well with different characters, which is why it's even more powerful when you see the real people who portrayed them or their right. progeny in the present. Um, the fact that he was able to, that Steven Spielberg was able to actually shine a light on some goodness in that horrible time, though, yeah. is spectacular to use uh, Schindler as the spotlight for that uh, entire yeah, horrific time well, I remember period. he and... got a lot of shit as well from different parties because there was 
you know, politics and controversies over uh, the film as well. But uh, look, the Schindler's List is a masterpiece. It stands the test of time. Um, people absolutely should watch it. Um, and it's also incredible. I mean, what a banner year. Jurassic Park wow. and Schindler's List, 1993. Amazing. I mean, you would think he would just go buy a, uh, you know, <laughs> an island. No, buy an <laughs> island and just retire. But no, he kept going. <laughs> yep. All right, good. So we'll move on. Um, but again, I mean, that is a film that is incredible. Okay, good. The next one, 1997, Amistad. Did you see that film? Um, I believe I did, yeah. Okay, I don't good. remember it very well. So now he's kind of getting into these historical epics. Yeah. You know, I guess he had done Schindler's List. It was so acclaimed. Um, I did see this in the theater. The interesting thing about Amistad is I remember I didn't love it initially. Um, it's very long. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's a bit drawn out for me. I've seen right. it two or three times and I've appreciated it later. It's um, Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but it was, I think, the big breakout movie for Dijmon Honsu. Okay. He's from Blood Diamond. Yeah. Great actor. Um, and then Anthony Hopkins. So what it is, is it's a true retelling of um, about slavery. Yeah. And it's these slaves who were on a ship and then they rioted and they broke out and they killed all the people on the ship and escaped. And then the film and that sequence, I remember, is gripping, incredible. But then the film then turns into basically this whole legal proceeding right. of these slaves trying to fight for their freedom. And was it right or wrong what they did? Um, I need to I need to revisit this film. I'd like you to. Know, um, because, again, I did see it in the theater. I remember not loving it then. And I saw it maybe a decade ago. I think I've seen, actually, I think I've only seen it twice. And I remember the the whole riot, the escape sequence on the, the ship where the slaves break free. That's etched in my mind. That's It's an incredible sequence. But the rest of the film, I don't recall so much. So right. Amistad is a film I think um, people should check out more because I know I need to. <laughs> uh, so you don't really have much to say on I that I don't. I, you see, it was one of those I remember my parents watching that I wasn't really allowed to. Or they were like, yeah, you're not going to like this. And I remember seeing bits and pieces. So I don't have much to say. Okay. All right, good. Next one is 1997. So, of course, off the success of Jurassic Park, Spielberg came back and did a sequel, Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Um, I don't even remember the cast in this film. I remember Jeff Goldblum. Oh, I do. I love him. And I remember Julianne Moore. Yeah, which is pretty um, much the main cast. <laughs> this is considered like Spielberg's worst film on most lists. Which is funny because I actually enjoyed it. When it came out, I really enjoyed it. And there's a sequence that is phenomenal where the truck yeah. is falling over the, yeah, the, the, with the, the glass. cliff. With yeah. the, the glasses breaking. Totally. That sequence is incredible. I do remember Jeff Goldblum's acrobatic little daughter being the yeah. most annoying little shit ever. She was. Um, but I don't remember much more than that. Is Vince Vaughn in the second one or is that one of He's the other the third ones? third one. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't even see the third one. So Which I, I did and I liked it too. Yes. Yeah, so I remember The Lost World actually being kind of enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it does seem like it's been kind of forgotten about. Did you want to say anything? It has been. I mean, it, they make it more into like a little family drama because, yeah, he takes his, his daughter who he never sees out there by sort of happenstance to the island. And obviously everything goes wrong. Um, Doesn't a dinosaur go to the city or something? Or? Uh, that You see, that's where the movie went off the rails. Okay. The movie is solid up until about the last 30 minutes. Hmm. And then it somehow swims and goes on that's land <laughs> and, and it turns into like Godzilla. So the last 30 minutes killed that film for me. But the rest, I, every time it comes on TV, I'll watch it. And it must, have been, it must have been successful enough because they made a third one. Yeah. Um, 
I think I only ever saw it in full once. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I, again, I mean... Didn't at, love it, but didn't hate yeah, it. Yeah, but look at this body of work I where know. like nearly every film is not just good. Most of them are masterpieces. Totally. Like I counted up out of the... Like 15 of these movies are classics. It's incredible. Totally. We'll kind of tally it at the end. All right, we'll move on. 1998. See, it's the next year. He's so productive as a director. Yeah. Again, this little, he doesn't stop. this little independent movie was his next film called Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> independent movie. Like the most acclaimed <laughs> war movie, war movie yeah. of all time. I mean, if anything, it's up there with like, you know, Apocalypse Now. I think it's better. It's my favorite war film of all time. It's in my top 20 films of all time easily. Every you know, director or everyone who's trying to do a war film is always trying to take or copy or do something similar to Saving Private Ryan. Right. Um, it's very iconic for the, fir the the first 15 minutes, the opening battle sequence on the Battle of Normandy, or, mm -hmm. uh, Omaha, Omaha Beach or something, yeah. which is incredible. It's incredible, but the whole film is incredible. And the cast, I mean, Tom Hanks, Matt Damon, uh, you know, he was coming off of the success of Good Will Hunting. Right. Yeah. Uh, Tom Sizemore, young Vin Diesel, who's mm -hmm. great in this. Ed Burns, Giovanni Rabisi as the so medic. Good. He's heartbreaking in this film. Barry Pepper as the sniper. He was so good. I really thought that guy would have a huge career. And he's always constantly working, but he was so good in it. And then there was a an actor, I want to give him a shout out. Jeremy Davis was his name. He was like the scared guy okay. who couldn't shoot yep, yep, um, yep. who was phenomenal who he kind of vanished he was on lost the tv show okay. but uh he hasn't really done a lot more um saving private ryan is a masterpiece so again this was a huge shocker at the oscars because it lost to shakespeare in love what? Um, yeah. i mean i like shakespeare in love but right. that's ridiculous which one best picture everyone oh, thought wow. saving private ryan i was... actually remember that when it's, that happened uh, to me that was ridiculous yeah, that is um, but spielberg won best director for it okay. for sure which was well deserved um I mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, you've seen Saving Private Ryan. I have a very long time ago. Funnily enough, the same weekend I saw Schindler's List. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Emmanuel made me watch both of them. Um, and I didn't, I don't remember very much. I mean, I was too young, a young girl. That was not my kind of movie. Right. So I, I think now watching it, why I keep telling you, you need to have me watch it with you. I think my appreciation would be completely different. We're going to put it on after this. Sounds good. Um, it's about three hours long. I watch it every year. It's one of those films that I just revisit all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I need to. I, I, I do. love this film. It is so glorious as a war movie, but also just the performances, the direction. It's got some scenes that are just so shocking you know i mean again he does not shy away from the brutalities of war oh. spoilers i mean tom hanks dies the main character um but there's one scene which anyone who's watched this film will know what i'm talking about where this guy because jeremy davis the scared guy mm -hmm. he chickens out and he can't kill this That's german right. guy he then has this fight with one of the other guys. I think it's Adam Goldberg as the actor. And they're rolling around on the floor. And the German has the knife. And he pushes the knife, like, slowly into Adam Goldberg's, like, chest or neck. <sighs> and the performance, it, it's so understated and subtle. Because he's, like, trying to talk him out of it. He's like, no, 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 wait, wait. And the way it's done, and the guy's like, shh. 
sh- oh, as he's awful. pushing the oh and then you hear him like gurgling like oh, God, God. anyway oh, God. Oh, give me goosebumps anyone who's watched the film knows what i'm talking about um it's a phenomenal film saving private ryan one of spielberg's absolute masterpieces so if you haven't seen it run and rent it or buy it okay good and then here's what's interesting he actually took a break for like three years Whoa, which for spielberg years. is kind of a maybe you went and had kids yeah what, what's happening man um so the next film he did was in 2001 which was ai artificial intelligence okay. have you seen that yes i i don't remember it either but i i did see it okay so this is again an interesting film um I think it's quite underrated because it's a good movie. It's a science fiction film with Haley Joel Osment mm-hmm. coming off of uh, the Sixth Sense fame, and Jude Law is so good in this. I do remember he's like this. this ro- yeah. he's like a robot, robot male hooker, basically male right. prostitute. Um, William Hurt's in it. Here's the backstory of um, AI, which you probably don't know about. Kubrick wrote it and was going to direct it. Yes, and then Kubrick I did. died. You told me <laughs> after Eyes Wide Shut, and him and Spielberg were very close, so Spielberg finished it. Ah. So the film is, I think, a bit uh, muddled because of that, right? Because it's kind of done by two directors, maybe with a bit of a different right. vision. I actually like this movie. Um, I've seen it a few times, and I, I think it's underrated. I wouldn't say it's like incredible viewing because again it's quite slow but like jude law is phenomenal his relationship with the kid with Haley joel osmond who's basically an ai the end is very weird so that's kind of controversial but um people should check that out 2001 is when it came out artificial intelligence or ai cool okay good and then he just went right back to awesome box office movies 2002 i remember the excitement for this next film was so uh, so palpable because it was spielberg with tom cruise doing a movie together and in 2002 i I mean cruise is still huge but in 2002 he was hands down the world's biggest star um so him pairing up with uh steven spielberg and they're actually very close friends in real life i believe it um no they are it's, it's known they they're great friends so they did minority report oh, such a good which film. is uh, uh you know it's kind of this we neo- covered it last well it's like a neo-noir dystopian science fiction movie you're right we did cover yeah. it in the si- science fiction episode but i'm going to say something about Do it. it anyway no, because it's, it, it deserves it it's awesome um it's tom cruise who's actually, it's a great performance from Tom Cruise. Colin Farrell, when he was an up-and-coming actor. Uh, Samantha Morton is one of the precogs. What I always remember about Minority Report is how dark it was when I saw it in the theater. It's a very dark concept. It's a very dark film. Um, You know, I mean, it's based in this future where basically precogs can determine um, people who commit crimes and murders before they happen so you have this pre-crimes department who basically stops them and that whole opening sequence is is really exciting so good it's a great film but again it's dark it's kind of comical um i love it i love it and it's one of those films that it's really stood the test of time because i've watched it maybe 10 times and i love it more and more i saw it again i need to watch it again six months ago i think i watched it and and i loved it i absolutely did and i remember thinking even more like how good Tom Cruise's performance was. He's so underrated as an actor, actor, which is again why I'd love to do like a spotlight on Tom Cruise episode. Absolutely. We'll do one of those soon. Okay, good. Yeah, I won't spend more time on Minority so Report. Good. But that's a science fiction classic. Absolutely. And it was also the first um, it, uh, that brought a lot of things. You know, Maya was talking about that, but like the, the, the cars and the various kind of digital 
That's swipey right. things oh, that they absolutely. use. That, that went into all the CSIs and this and oh, that absolutely. and various things. Well, so many of Spielberg's films become iconic. They right. get copied. They become of part course. of pop culture. I yeah. mean, they're quotable. The you know the music scores, everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really is. It's incredible. Look at this. It it blows me away when I go through this and you stand back. The same year, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, wow, which was the a great same year, film. Two thousand and two. Leonardo DiCaprio, who by the way is fantastic in that he, movie. He he was so good. Yeah, Tom Hanks again. Christopher Walken as his dad, oh, who is heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. This is a true story. I know of this guy in like the the '60s who was a big like forger uh, and what do you call it? Like a scam artist. He was yeah, he was a fraud. He, yeah, he was. Yeah, a scam and artist. he ran all around the world, you know, faking himself as a doctor, as a medic, as a pilot, <laughs> yeah. as a surgeon, you know. Um, and it's basically all about him just running around, and then Tom Hanks is like the FBI guy on the run trying to catch him. Um, it's actually a beautiful story. It's got a really young Amy Adams in it yep. before she was huge. A really young Jennifer Garner in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love Catch Me If You Can. It's a really fun romp. What I love about that story too is the the entire thing is true in that he ended up being an FBI informant. That's right. Which I thought was Spoilers, such but it's yeah, okay. <laughs> but it was such a great to me. I thought this was going to end with him in jail and. You know, you kind of love this guy. You're like, right. you're like, He's this guy is rogue. so awesome yeah. how he managed to do this. Yeah. And me and my husband well, watch that, this frequently. He loves this it film. It does help when you're played by Leonardo of course, DiCaprio. Of course. <laughs> but, you know, you kind of go, someone that has that much imagination and he's so cocky that he thinks he can get away with all this and he does. Yeah. So the true story event of the film, which is depicted is, so in the end, when Tom Hanks finally catches him and what's kind of cool about it is the relationship yeah, between exactly. Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio and and it says at the end it gives that little kind of statement of yeah. you know they're friends to this day so when he caught him he basically gave offered him a job because yeah. he was so brilliant <laughs> was and now so... he he works for the FBI to help Still, on forging yeah. cases but re- remember like during the movie when they're chasing each other because they've been chasing each other for so many years and they don't really have any other friends they called each other on like Christmas right. and wish right. each other like happy Christmas yeah it's, I love that it's very heartwarming actually yeah. um it's a yeah, great film it is and it's a it's a, a particularly brilliant film from yeah. leonardo dicaprio many critics uh consider that like his best performance I uh, and i definitely would say think so. it's up there up and then there. christopher walken i thought was heartbreaking in that film as well as yeah. his father i thought he was totally. really good okay good so again it's interesting in 2004 you had a uh, this is so rare, you see, for Spiel, uh, Spielberg, but another kind of misfire, which he did a film called The Terminal with Tom Hanks. I did see that. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and um, Stanley Tucci. Yeah. And this was a weird film. It's a weird but, film. But here's, what's, <laughs> but here's what's interesting. It's not bad. It's not a bad movie. It's not bad. For it's just not Spielberg. great. Spielberg. Right. People standards like, you're like you doing? yeah what is this about a guy in a terminal and what's happening so and the film is about this guy who's like from the czech or he, he's yeah like he's some, russian well it's something, something. Like it's from some australian country and he gets stuck in an airport because his country doesn't exist anymore or something weird something, like that yeah and he lives in the airport and then it's kind of like this romantic comedy yeah and stanley tucci's kind of the guy running the terminal trying to get rid of him i think and Catherine yeah. zeta jones is like a air hostess who becomes his love interest all i remember really is tom hanks terrible accent it was um, it was it was yeah it's a weird movie my wife really likes this film and i know I don't some people who dislike do. it yeah. it's one of those that if it was on i'd probably watch it yeah but mm, I, 
I wouldn't. I would actually call it one of his rare misfires, which, as you okay. can see, is like at the second Very one rare. on this entire yeah. list. I mean, we're already in the, the But again, the compare it to so many actual terrible movies, it's not a bad film. Yeah. Okay, good. And then 2005, uh, War of the Worlds. I actually love this movie. Yes, I know and I you know do. this is very divided. So Tom Cruise and Spielberg loved working together on Minority Report. They really wanted to work together again. And I remember reading all the articles on this. They put this film together in like six months. Wow. And it was a huge hit. And it was actually really well reviewed when it came out. Yeah. It was a big box office hit when it came out. The young Dakota um, Fanning breakout. Yeah, a very young Dakota Fanning. Well, she had already done I Am Sam. Yes. Uh, but she's fantastic in this. She's Again, really good. Again, Tom Cruise is really good in this. Yes, yeah. Uh, Justin Chatwin, I think, who plays his uh, son, son, was good in it. Uh, it's got Tim Robbins, who's got like a minor role. But the, the, the direction, the special effects, I mean... It was quite, it was good. It was really gripping. Uh, and again, over the years, now there are people who either seem to love it or hate it. What's your take? You're not a fan, right? I was, okay, when it came out and I saw it, I was not a fan, but I'll tell you why. It freaked me the fuck out. Well, that's good. But <laughs> not in a good alien way. invasion. Yeah, but like in a, in a creepy way. I, I, I found uh, the whole thing, the way the aliens sucked him up and people yeah. were like, just like, sucked into this void and, and then killed and, blood and I, yeah. it really like you know when you i don't know so there are movies that thrill me there are movies that scare me or spook me you know spooky this one made me feel like i don't i don't like well, it i think that's what he was going for but i i walked away from the film not liking the vibe however when i watched it again on television uh, I'd say five or ten years later, I really liked it. Huh. I was able to enjoy it more because it didn't freak me out because I saw it in the theater. Right. And that really, really freaked me out. So I, I value that film, especially because, I mean, the, that that plane is in the Universal Studios tour to this day. That's right. So they bought a real, like, Boeing 747. 747. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from a big, like scrapyard and they actually dissected it into pieces and put it used back together. that real yeah. um airplane for those scenes in war of the worlds it's yeah. one of the iconic scenes where it's this big plane wreck and that's now become kind of iconic and part of the universal tour the backlot the backlot tour, yeah. tour where you kind of get to drive through Which that. I, and I've done marathons where you have to like, you I know, got to, I was going to say, jog. I got to walk through yeah. it on ha uh, Halloween Horror Nights, yeah, which to, was terrifying. We got to jog through it, which <laughs> yeah. is kind of cool. It's really cool. Um, So yeah, I mean, look, I loved it in the theater. And again, I remember everyone else. The excitement was palpable. Everyone yeah. loved it. And I, I've continued to love it. I've seen it maybe I six, should watch it again times. too. Yeah. I, I, it surprised me when I watched it again, I think a year ago, how much I still enjoyed it. And cool. like, I mean, the tension, the suspense, uh, the, the special effects. Uh, it's really great. It's just classic Spielberg. And it's also a great slice of science fiction. Yeah. And Cruz, again, is really good in it. He's really very good. believable as kind of just like this everyman. You know, there's got these scenes where the, the, the alien spaceship things are like disintegrating everyone and mm. into smoke. And then all that smoke just kind of wafts onto Tom Cruise as he's escaping and he gets home and he looks in the mirror and he's just covered him, in dust, yeah. which is basically human remains. And like his reaction to that, I mean, yeah. the acting is very impressive. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, again, 2005, his next film. I mean, this is the same <laughs> year as War of the World. Oh my gosh. War of the Worlds. Uh, Spielberg 
just doesn't stop. This is, by the way, this is a great uh, message of inspiration for other directors out there. Look how productive this man is. How much is. he works. Look, yeah, he I mean, stop. You, you don't just sit on your laurels. I mean, no. he works. He creates. He is an artist. It's so impressive. He makes like two masterpieces in one <laughs> in <a> year. year. <laughs> and then he does it multiple times. Yeah. Um, this film, I really think is underrated and again it's interesting because he did munich in 2005 number one have you seen munich i don't know okay probably not oh don't worry i'll describe it uh, this film is phenomenal it's the most brutal spielberg film i've seen and that's saying something because it's it's more brutal to me than even schindler's list it's a hard film to watch mm -hmm. so i've only seen it two or three times because of that but i love it um, it's about the Palestinian terrorist group mm -hmm. in the 70s or something who murdered like a whole bunch of Israeli Olympic team guys. Okay. Um, and then it's I about basically it. the retaliation where these these uh, Israeli agents go on this um, mission to basically assassinate the people that were responsible. And it's with Eric Banner. That yep. was like his big uh, leading role performance. Daniel Craig, before he was really famous. Uh, Syrian Hines, who's, who's mm -hmm. this great British kind of thespian actor. Jeffrey Rush is in it. I think this film is very underrated. It is extremely graphic and Didn't violent. Didn't it do pretty well though? That's what's interesting. When it came out, it was critically acclaimed. It got multiple Oscar nominations yeah, that's what I thought. and it was a modest hit. But over the years, it hasn't really stood the test of time. Interesting. Those who've seen it are rave about it. I didn't see this film when it came out. Okay. Someone told me about it maybe eight or nine years ago and was like, oh, you have to watch this. And I watched it and it kind of shocked me to my core because when wow. I say like it's viscerally violent and it's it, it's it's uncomfortable okay um and also there's no kind of moral high ground you don't really know who the good guys and the bad guys are you know mm -hmm. what i mean like mm -hmm. they're assassinating people that they don't even know if they're really the right people to kill and wow uh, i just i all i remember is it really was kind of the disturbing and uncomfortable okay and i remember there's this sex scene at the end with eric banner amongst these guys getting just shot to pieces and it, it was just disturbing but that said the film is is brilliant okay. it is it's just a tough subject um i think people need to check out spielberg's munich if they haven't seen it um it sounds like you haven't watched it then no right? definitely not Okay, good. So then 2008, I mean, this film, when it came out, was a huge hit. Um, but now it's like one of the most ridiculed films, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> so we will talk about this. So okay. this is Harrison Ford coming back to the role. So let's see. It was 1989, 2008. I'm terrible yeah. at math, but that's 19 years. Yeah. That's almost 20 years. You know, What's interesting is, see, now I'm a bit concerned because Harrison Ford's like in his 70s. I know. When he did this film, he actually kind of still looked the part. Uh, he did. He was kind of gruff. He was older, but he still, he had it. Yeah. He didn't ruin the film for me at all. No, not and at all. Actually, the alien thing didn't even ruin the film for me. A lot of people hate that. That's why the film's ridiculed. Right. And the atomic bomb scene and the refrigerator. I don't remember any of um, Which people think is just so unrealistic. A lot of the action set pieces are, are spectacular. Mm. They're ridiculous, but they're spectacular. What ruined the film for me was Shia LaBeouf. You know, especially 
swinging through the jungle with the monkeys um and (laughs) and the the... (laughs) whole mods and rocker thing the greaser marlon brando thing that was awful it didn't work yeah it just didn't and Kate Blanchett was very hit and miss. There were certain scenes where she was delicious. Oh, right, because she was the, the, She's the, the baddie. baddie. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I the that. Russians this time. Because it, it's set in like the 50s now. It's yeah. like 10 years later. And then also um, his sidekick, um, Tom, is it? No, it's Ray Winstone. Okay. Who like betrays him, double crosses him, then doesn't, then rejoins him, then doesn't. I didn't get that. And then John Hurt, who is the professor who gets lost. Uh, it was too kind of... But it was like the buffoonery. I didn't really get it. And then Karen Allen, who came back, Comes back from yeah. the original film, should have been brilliant and worked. But it, I don't know. It was just kind of a bit disjointed, hit and, yeah. hit and miss for me. So the film, when I first watched it, I didn't like it. I, I, mean, I again, hated it, yeah. You go in with such high expectations. I was like, oh, my God. I have watched it maybe three times now. There are sequences that are dazzling. There are. There are sequences that that are great. And I love seeing Harrison Ford back as Indiana Jones. So I don't hate that film. But I certainly don't like it. And when I try and compare it to the trilogy, which is so good. And when I hear people saying like Temple of Doom is worse, I'm like, Uh, you're batshit crazy. That's insane. What do you think? I I went in um, so such high expectations as you know i love the trilogy too so i i thought it would be amazing and uh, my consensus is almost identical to yours shia labeouf did not work for me um, right he's supposed to be a son isn't yeah he or isn't he? the first like 30 minutes were exciting and fun and there were definitely sequences in there that were very indiana jones-ish and brought it back for me and i actually liked the end too i didn't mind um you know his love interest, like Karen Allen yeah, I, I, I didn't mind that. It was really yeah, the the monkeys, the Shia LaBeouf did not work. Right, it, it just didn't. Yeah, and again, so a lot of people think, and I do think this is a bit hypocritical. They're like, oh, aliens and spaceship. What are you talking about? That's just as plausible as the Ark sure, or totally. the Holy Grail. I guess the Ark, the Holy Grail, and Temple of Duna what they have in common steeped in history steeped in history yeah, and religious history while that adds basically sci-fi right which and is he's, different he's a professor yeah. you know that's a good point i didn't think of that yeah. that is the one big market difference is he's like this well a, he's a historian yeah, yeah he's historian, an archaeologist a, a professor and so when you're talking about the holy grail and the ark that's it a really good sense, point yeah and then you talk about these <laughs> crystal skulls and these spaceships and aliens it's like come on yeah that's a good point that's i think you're right that, that is what killed it the wrong way yeah um but again that actually didn't ruin it for me i know like my wife hates it because of that uh-huh. um but yeah the whole the swinging in the monkeys the, <laughs> swinging in the forest with the monkeys was just so ridiculous that's like forever etched in my I mind know. it's a pity and as you said now they're coming back with another one. Let's see what they do. And I'll be first in line. I know. <laughs> so, um, but I'm telling you, they have to reboot it. Here's what they need to do. See, Shia LaBeouf was hot shit at that time. He was, Transformers. Yeah. Uh, he did a film called Disturbia. I'm not a hater. I don't hate him. Well, now he's, I kind of, he went off the deep end yeah, in real life, but he also hasn't done a great film in a while, but Disturbia was good. Disturbia and was great. And stuff yeah. like that. Um, they need someone like that who I think is also really well grounded and can mm. carry the franchise. Who would you say? God, I I'm curious. Who I would we cast? don't know. Miles Teller maybe is maybe, a young actor that maybe. I like. He kind of blew his shot because he did that Fantastic Four reboot that crashed and burned. Yeah, but all um, his other movies, he's done pretty well. 
Yeah, so, someone like you need someone kind of gruff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I know a lot of people wanted Chris Pratt, but I think A, now he's a bit too old, and B, yeah. he's doing the Jurassic World franchise yeah. so, and Guardians of the Galaxy. He's pretty busy. He's busy. <laughs> okay, anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, look, it's here's what I'll say Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is not as bad as you think from all the vitriol and hate it does get. Exactly. It's a dumb, fun, movie yeah it doesn't hold up to the original trilogy that's for sure um it was a huge box office hit by the way when it came (laughs) out made like 800 million dollars or something (laughs) okay so then again he took a break for three years uh we're winding down now uh 2011 this was a very interesting film and again it's kind of fallen under the radar i won't say it's underrated because i didn't love it but it's it's not a bad film War Horse. Mm, I did, did you see, see that. War Horse? I did, and I enjoyed it. Well, here's what I remember about War Horse. Number one, I had a very young um, Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. and Tom Hiddleston right at the beginning of their career. I really actually liked um, that film. Yeah, the I remember lead, I did. The lead guy, I don't even know who, who he was. He was an unknown. It was inspired by a true story, and it's basically about this horse through World War II and all of the owners it has as mm-hmm. it goes through. I liked the film. I've seen it twice. Yeah. Here's what I found a bit jaunting about this movie. Um, I it was I couldn't tell if Steven Spielberg wanted to make a family kind of adventurous film or like a harrowing war film. Because there are certain scenes that are kind of charming. Mm. And then there are scenes that are like disturbing. Like I remember that too. I You're remember right. this young boy and his brother who go off with the horse. Uh, but then because they're like AWOL, their general finds them and then like, you know, kills them both and like shoots them both in the head. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you which know? is and not then, yeah, family yeah, friendly. And then like Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston, their characters get killed. And, you know, it uh, again, it, it well, well, it's World War II. Or yeah. maybe it was World War One. I. I actually don't remember which war it was. I think it but, was um, earlier. I think one. So that's what I remember about War Horse. Again, it was quite successful. It did okay. It's kind of, it sits there with like kind of, you know, just a solid Spielberg film. Right. Uh, you know, if another director had made it, it would probably be like huge critical acclaim. But, you know. For him, it wasn't. Such high expectations yeah. for Spielberg, but it certainly isn't a bad movie. Okay. The, the thing I remember about it is, yeah, it's like a PG-13 movie, but it was just disjointed. Mm. Like, it's, it's a little jarring at times. And at other times, it's kind of light and not too heavy. Um. Anyway, that's that's War Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, people should check it out. And then... Same year, 2011, The Adventures of Tintin. I was actually really excited. Simon Pegg. Well, a lot, much bigger cast, but I was really excited for this film because I am a huge, huge fan of the Tintin comics. Did Mm. you ever used to read those? No. So it's based on a French um, cartoon uh, comic book character, and there's like 20 of those comic books. So the film is a bit of a mishmash because it's like an amalgamation of like three or four of them. Um, but yeah, so it's um, it's actually motion capture yeah. animation. Yeah. Jamie Bell, who played Tintin, Andy Serkis as uh, Captain Haddock, um, D- Daniel Craig was the villain, and then Simon Pegg and Nick Frost were Thompson and Thompson. The I two, remember. they're these two like buffoon cops who are twins called okay, Thompson I, and Thompson. I vaguely remember this. Um, the, the animation was gorgeous. And that was early for uh, that type of animation. Yeah. I remember it was quite a spectacle for well, its time. he co-produced these with Peter Jackson and there they were supposed go. to make a whole bunch of them and the film wasn't 
a big success. Again, ah. it wasn't a failure, um, which is a pity. When I saw the film in the theater, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. Got it. Then I didn't see it for a few years, and I saw it again once or twice in the last year or so, and I enjoy them more. They're not great, but they're certainly fun. And visually, as a motion capture piece, they're gorgeous. So okay. if you haven't seen The Adventures of Tintin, I definitely recommend it. Okay. You know, again, it's like a solid slice of Spielberg. Okay. And then 2012, the very next year, <laughs> Lincoln. So did you see Lincoln? I did, and I really liked it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, a lot, I know a lot of people didn't, and I actually oh, no, no, really no. did. Most people loved yeah. this movie. It was a huge hit. I didn't hit. love it. Okay. I liked it. It was a big hit, critically acclaimed. Daniel Day-Lewis, who mm -hmm. just kind of melted into the role of Lincoln, he stayed in character through all the filming. You know, when people called him I on their it. cell phone, it, it was Abe, you know. Um he won the Oscar, Best Actor. So uh, the film, I think, is most acclaimed for his performance. Yeah. So I, I don't want to offend anyone. Maybe this is because I'm ignorant and I'm British, and it probably is, and I, d I don't know all the ins and outs, and I didn't grow up studying American history. Which but, I did. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. got it. So th the film was quite boring to me, and I didn't it's understand slow. it all. It's totally slow. Obviously, I know about Lincoln. I know Lincoln, A, is one of the most revered presidents. Yeah. I know he was named uh, known as a, an incredible orator, and he freed the slaves. Yeah. So it kind of depicts that. I remember Tommy Lee Jones is good in it. There's a young Adam Driver. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's got a small role. Um, I, I need to revisit it, because, yeah, I just remember it being very slow and kind of boring, mm. and I... I guess I couldn't connect with like the big speeches and those dramatic scenes. So it didn't resonate with me. And also I don't like films that are kind of biopics that don't show the full story. Like it doesn't even show his that. assassination. It doesn't show. It does at the end. No, it doesn't. I swear it does. No, it doesn't. I ah. see. I remember that specifically that it, it doesn't did. even actually show oh, his not, assassination. No, it does. It shows like um, it happening. It doesn't show it the actual shot. Oh, happening. I don't even yeah. remember it showing it at all, but it definitely doesn't depict the actual the assassination. Actual happening you're yeah right. and also i mean yeah the more i think about it because i actually do remember the movie it's there's so much just dialogue mm. uh, there's not there's not much action at all maybe a little bit of civil war stuff but that was that was the problem for me i need to check it out again Fair um, enough. But it, it's quite revered, I think, mostly for the performance. What yeah. was your take? Which I think, too, like, I think I, um, so I did uh, grow up studying American history. I read a lot of books. Is that in England? No, in America. Because okay, I, I was in the States between the ages of, like, 14 to 17. Right. So I studied all of American history from. Show off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> from beginning. I watched a lot of films. They had a whole book series hey, at my I school. I watched a lot of films. No, but, uh, no, I'm talking about educational right, films, yeah. not you, actual so movies. you actually got an education yeah. somewhat in American history. Yeah, I actually don't know European history as I right. should instead. Like, I know American history better. Oh, well, um, and therefore, films that come out about any kind of, uh, you know, period pieces about the Civil War or presidents of the United States from that time or any of those things are fascinating to me. Right. So I guess I, I, I went in it and I I loved Daniel Day-Lewis's performance. Right. I, I, I enjoyed the speeches. I liked it. Like I said, it's not one I'd be like, I love that movie. Let's go watch it. I enjoyed it. And there we go. I'd put right. it on par with one of the ones you're like, eh. Like you know, War cool. Horse or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a period piece. It's a biopic. Again, I know it's a claim for Daniel Day-Lewis. And by the way, I love Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah. But again, I just wasn't even that well. I wasn't that gripped by his performance. Fair and again, enough. I think it's just 
it didn't resonate with me because I couldn't connect. I understand that. Um, but that's fine. That's Lincoln. Um, and then again, he took a three-year break. Come on, Spielberg. Um, <laughs> and in 2015, he did Bridge of Spies. So this is where in the last decade, a lot of people have kind of said that Spielberg's quote-unquote kind of slowed down. Which you know I really enjoyed. Well, just so you yeah. know, that's what's interesting. He's never really slowed down. No, he hasn't. You know, he did these like highly acclaimed kind of biopic movies and stuff bridge of spies came out in 2015 it's with tom hanks it's with mark rylance it got multiple oscar nominations it was successful at the box office mark rylance it made him a star he won an oscar mm -hmm. um you saw it you I loved saw it in the it. theater with my husband we both really enjoyed it maybe if i had watched it in the theater i would have appreciated it more and again i think this might be based on a true story it, and it's yeah. about espionage and it's it's not an action movie no it's, it's a lot not. of dialogue so there I, are some thrilling parts sure but i didn't see it in the theater number one and number two i, I don't know it didn't hold my attention because again it's kind huh. of like a period piece drama um i didn't think it was I bad really enjoyed I just, it. And, and a lot of people did um so it's interesting that like the films of spielberg that might be considered like not Sub good quote-unquote are so superior than yeah. your average film <laughs> it's so true you know it's interesting because even his flops are basically good but it wasn't a flop i know uh, that's what's so interesting 1941 which is considered like his biggest flop i was so surprised when i looked at it and it made like three times its budget <laughs> It, yeah. was, it cost 20 million. It made 95 million dollars. I was like, that's so odd. Yeah. You know, I don't know a single film of his that didn't make a profit. Right. Especially when you tally up it going to, you know, home video and oh, all of, of that. Of course. You know, it's crazy. Um. Anyway, Bridge of Spies, I don't really have much more that's to say fine. on it. I remember how shocked I was that Mark Rylance won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor because I didn't think his performance was anything special. I remember who he was. And he's film. the spy, the Russian spy that oh. he, uh, Tom Hanks is, is a lawyer it's kind been a of few years. defending him and trying to get him back to Russia for some oh, political right. reason. That year, Creed came out and mm, Sylvester Stallone right. was the favorite coming back as Rocky Balboa because he was so good in Creed. And it was this big surprise shock Just that so Mark Rylance won. You haven't seen Creed? No. <laughs> oh, I love Creed. Anyway, um, so I'll I'll move on. Um, yeah, but, that's fine. But you know, it's just it's a solid film, listeners. I do recommend it. It's it's a good watch. Um, I I would definitely recommend it. Okay, good. That's Bridge of Spies. So we're really we're almost done. Um, and we probably have got about fifteen more minutes uh, to, to end off. So let's see what we've got. Two thousand and sixteen, the BFG. This was fascinating to me because I'm British and I don't know how big the BFG, Big Friendly Giant, is in America, but it's based on a role. Well, Roald Dahl books weren't big here. Okay, see, that's what's weird. Some of them are, but it's based really? on. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. what? I don't know. James <laughs> and the Giant Peach? I, I just don't Matilda? feel like they were. Oh, well, here's what's interesting because the BFG, Roald Dahl, I remember as a kid, it was like required reading yep. in school absolutely uh, like the bfg but is considered a classic james and the giant peach matilda the fantastic mr fox seo um, trot yeah so it was huge i think the witches mm -hmm. anyway there's so many of them it's, he's like classic literature absolutely so and there, there was also an animated um film version of bfg which i love yeah me too to pieces i watch it all the time every christmas it would come yeah. out as a special on on telly so television so i would watch it so when it i heard spielberg was making it i was like oh my god this is gonna be so amazing yeah um 
And then for whatever reason, the film kind of came and went. Again, it wasn't even a huge flop or anything. It got okay reviews. Yeah. Visually, it was kind of stunning. Mark Rylance plays, uh, you know, obviously motion capture and voice, um, the BFG. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of forgettable. And I remember I watched it with Sarah Beth, one of our friends, and she loved it. Yeah. But I, I watched it twice and it was okay. It just, it didn't have that magic that the original cartoon and book, and book had held. as as a child yeah so it was kind of disappointing i don't disagree with you fully i went to the theater i ran to the theater to watch it oh you because, watched it in the theater because was i was a such a fan bigger experience in it the was definitely better than on dvd because i watched it again right um because it was as you said visually quite stunning i fell asleep i remember my <laughs> wife and i fell asleep our friend sarah beth was staying over at our place because she was out out of she lives out of state and the next morning you know my wife made us a big slap up english breakfast and we tried to watch it again and i think we fell asleep again probably too much breakfast that's so strange um, anyway but, but yeah i it. i enjoyed it i i will say i was disappointed right Compared to my imagination and what I expected. It was somehow too slow. Right. Uh, um, and didn't, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't think they cast the girl well. She's yeah, meant she's to be this. Totally forgettable. Yeah, she's this, she's meant to be this sort of tomboyish character because she grows up in an orphanage, blah, blah, blah. And, and their relationship's really spectacular. She wasn't cast right. Yeah, and 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 honestly, the only thing I remember really from that film that stood out was the scene with the queen at the end. That's really right. great in the book. Anyway, I do consider BFG kind of one of Spielberg's rare true misfires. Yeah, because that should Fair have enough. been that should it have should been, have been big. Yeah, and when I think of the criticism he's got on of late that he doesn't make blockbusters anymore, I think this is kind of to blame for that. I agree. Not Bridge of Spies no. or War Horse or Lincoln because those were actually very solid and quite successful for the type of film they were. Right. I think this is kind of what maybe made people worry about him a bit. I get it. You know, I didn't at all because, come on, he's Spielberg. But when I think about it, um, I I think that maybe surprised people. And I don't know. I also, I think the BFG isn't as revered and acclaimed in America. I agree with you on that. As it is in England. Because I don't know if, if you know, but like Matilda... The movie that came out. Which people I love that movie. love it. Yeah, people and love that it movie. Did, I think it did really well here when it came out. I hear tons of Americans yeah. talking about that. And I remember that's why I brought up like, wow, but do you know BFG? And I remember asking some people if they knew BFG. And they don't. Some no. do, some don't. Anyway, it's interesting. We We're spending a lot of time on one of his worst <laughs> movies. But, uh, Continue. Yeah. I, and I, I'll have to revisit it sometime. But okay, good. So 2017, again, he did like a nice slice of kind of... Um, drama and coincidentally enough this is the only Spielberg film I haven't seen which is The Post and this is Tom Hanks Meryl Streep it came out in December 2017 Um, and again it was actually quite successful you know and I think it's a true story it's I didn't see it it's I haven't seen it it's about like the Watergate scandal from like the reporter's perspective actually I don't even know what it's about because I haven't seen it it's the only film on this list that I haven't watched I think you missed one is it possible no 
Super 8? Wasn't that Spielberg? No, that's J.J. Abrams. Why do I think that's Spielberg? <laughs> Maybe because it's so Spielberg-esque. Yeah, it's a very Spielberg-esque movie, oh. but it's J.J. Abrams. There we go. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. You yeah. didn't miss one. Yeah. Of no, course no, no, you didn't. No. You're Tony the Movie I, Guy. I do my homework. That's okay, though. It's good. You can test me. I, I just thought for some reason it was. Yeah, and a plug to Super 8, by the way, because that film, unfortunately, I has like gotten kind of forgotten. And you know what? It really is an ode to Spielberg. But it's a good film in its own right. Yes. And a lot of yes. people forget that movie. It's a great um, J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah, I own it. Okay, I'm going to wrap up mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg movie. Let's do that. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I don't have much more I can say about The Post. But again, eh. it's it was successful. Yeah. You know, I mean, how could it not be? Spielberg, Hanks, Streep. Yeah. Enough I mean, said. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I do want to see it. Yeah. All right. So... Um, now we're all the way to the present, 2018, and this is, again, why I thought this would be a perfect time to do a spotlight episode on Spielberg, yes. Ready Player One. So um, we've both seen it. Yes. We both love this film. Um, there is a backstory to it. So Ernest Klein is kind of like a total geek nerd guy. He wrote this book in 2011, 2012, wow. and it became a cultural phenomenon. The film, uh, sorry, the book, Ready Player One by Ernest Cline, is probably one of the best books I've read in the last decade. Um, I don't read as much as I used to. I used to Me read neither, all the time. Yeah. Um, same with audiobooks. I've read the book twice, and I've listened to the audiobook, uh, which is um, narrated by Will Wheaton. Oh, cool. Um, twice as well. Nice. I'm going through it again right now. Um I love it. And it's funny. There's apparently some controversy over the book. A lot of people love it. Some people think it's kind of, you know, too self-indulgent or whatever. Um, I, it's, we're in a great time right now where they're doing nostalgia right, you know, like Stranger yeah, Things. And, yeah. and that's what Ready Player One did for me. It, there are so much references to 80s, 90s um, pop culture. It's such a mashup. It's a great slice of science fiction, but it's done right because I think it's done with so much love. Mm -hmm. And then when I heard that Steven Spielberg was going to be directing the film, I was like, oh my God, there's no one better to adapt this. Because right. when you read that book, you're like, holy shit, if they made this into a film, how the hell are they going to get the rights? Right. You know, or right. it must be a total copyright nightmare because yeah. of all the references. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the, the film's been a couple years in the making. Steven Spielberg did it. I think this is a great return to form for Spielberg. I think it shows that he hasn't slowed down at all. No. He still has it. He is the blockbuster king, but he's also just a maestro director. Don't yes, you agree? 100%. Um, so this is it. The film, what is interesting is it's actually quite different from the book. So, so all I've the, been hearing and yeah, I haven't so read the book, as you know. You haven't, right? Yeah. yeah. So all the people that haven't read the book and watched the movie just love it. Totally. Because I'll tell you. No nothing not to love. No matter what you want to criticize about the film, because I do have some critiques. This film is joy and pure oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, you through need, and through. You need to go see it in the theater. IMAX. On the biggest screen possible. And it's a film that actually does work with 3D. Big time. Because many movies these days. They don't. Yeah. 3D this, adds nothing. This does. Yeah, it, it was does. so good. So just for the listeners, Ready Player One is basically about this dystopian future. Uh, Ty Sheridan, who's the kid from Mud, and he plays uh, Cyclops in the, the new X-Men movies, 
Um, he's the main protagonist. He's this kid called Wade Watts. And it's this future that the Earth is being ravished by war and hunger and all of that. And he lives in this, like, place called the Stacks that is very, like, mm. you know, just... Trailers on top yeah, of each other. And... gross. And basically the world, there's this guy called Halliday, which is played by uh, Mark Rylance, who created a virtual reality world. And it's this big gaming system. But because real life is so shit, everyone escapes into this virtual reality world, which is called the Oasis. And, um, I mean, the, the visuals are incredible. So three quarters of the film, probably, yeah, more than half is stop motion animation yeah. and, and really good stop motion animation. But the film, basically the premise is this guy, Halliday, uh, played by Mark Rylance, um, dies and he leaves like in his will, he creates this game where there's an Easter egg and there are three keys and you have to find the three keys in the Oasis they're deeply, deeply hidden to get the Easter egg. And whoever gets the Easter egg basically gets his full inheritance and controls the Oasis. Yep. So that's the premise of the film. So this kid, Wade Watts, is basically searching for the egg. Um, he has, a, you know, a best friend called H, um, this mysterious... Oh, and his, his name is Percival, mm -hmm. right? When he's in the yes. Oasis. And then he has this girl that he's got a crush on, played by Olivia Cook. She's from Bates Motel, and her name is um, Artemis. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, they're basically trying to find the Easter eggs. Um, that, that's pretty much the premise of the film. Um, I don't want to give too much away, I yeah, guess, Yeah, and right? then Ben Mendelsohn is, like, the bad guy. Mm -hmm. He runs this company called, like, IOS. I think his name is Nolan Sorrento or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, and they're trying to get to the... Uh, egg before wade watson with obviously his friends. bad intentions yeah he wants <laughs> to kind of control it all so that's the premise of the film the reason the film is so fun is number one there's no one better who could direct it than spielberg but it's so visually so just good. stunning and gorgeous and also this is a two and a half hour movie and it flies by. Flies, yeah. It feels like it's 90 minutes. It does. And, and from the moment where, and the way it's done, the camera work where, you know, the character Wade Watts, played by Ty Sheridan, puts on the virtual reality glasses and then he zooms into the Oasis. Yeah. And then it shows Minecraft and it shows, you know, Freddy Krueger and it shows, <laughs> you, you can, he says you in the Oasis, in the Oasis, you can be and do anything. You can, you can, you know, hike Mount Everest with Batman, you yeah. know? Um, what I love about this film is just the giddy pleasure and excitement and pure nostalgia of so much pop culture that everyone loves. 100%. I mean, it's yeah. done so, so well. Um, there, there are so many references. I'm just going to kind of go through a few. Uh, I've played games with friends like try and list out all of yeah. the different references. <laughs> yeah, I did I terrible. Mean, yeah, you've got Minecraft, you've got Back to the Future. The DeLorean features greatly because so yeah. that's the uh, automobile that he chooses. Yeah. Um, but then also there's the Zemeckis Cube. I don't know if you yeah. know what that was. He uses it to turn back in time. It's a nod to Robert Zemeckis who directed the Back to the Future films. Right. You've got, um, you know, Harlequin, the Joker, Beetlejuice, Chucky from Child's Play. <laughs> that, was that was my favorite line from the film. It's fucking Chucky. <laughs> it was, it was so, so good. good. Um, the holy hand grenade of Antioch, which is from <laughs> um, Monty Python's Holy Grail. Okay. You know, 
uh, the A-Team van, King Kong, the T-Rex, Mechagodzilla. The Shining. Um, yeah, the T-Rex was from oh, um, yeah, yeah. Jurassic Park. Yep. The Shining is a whole extended sequence. That's probably the best sequence so of the film good. where it reenacts like so many of the scenes, the twins. So well, yeah, too. The, the blood rushing down the hallway and then the woman in the shower. The, the shower scene, Ooh. yeah. Chun-Li from Street Fighter. Um, there's so much RoboCop. Iron Giant is yeah. featured greatly yeah. in it, which is a really underrated, beloved movie. Um, you've got the Stormtroopers from Star Wars. Yep. You've got uh, lots of references to like John Hughes films. That's true. Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I love when uh, the character um, he's playing, uh, Wade Watts, he changes costumes and he changes yeah. into Thriller, That's Duran right. Duran, and then he changes into Buckaro Bonsai, which yeah. is such a deep cut science fiction movie. Uh-huh. It's the uh, the adventures of Buckaro Bonsai across the eighth dimension. You've probably never nope. seen it, right? It's a, a Peter Weller movie with a really young Jeff Goldblum. Oh, wow. You know, so for us nerds, we're like, oh, my God, he even got that in there. <laughs> um, there's so much Saturday Night Fever yeah, with the whole dance. Yeah. You know, Superman, where he disguises yep. himself as Clark Kent. Um, it's just, there's so much. It's pure joy. It is. Um, it's action-packed. And the last thing I'll say, because I know I kind of stole everything, and I'm going to let That's you say totally a few okay. words, is I've read the book several times, and I've seen some people complain and say they were a bit shocked with how different well i'm sure there were copyright problems and red tape with that yeah i bet who better than steven spielberg he actually put so much more in this film that isn't the shining isn't in the book at all which was you know, spectacular which was spectacular so i don't think anyone else could have done a better job but um the one critique i gave it which is the only reason why i didn't give it kind of four out of five stars which four is like Ex- really good. Excellent. Yeah. Five is a masterpiece. Uh, that's kind of sacred to me. Um, but four is like usually like I loved it. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. And the main reason for that was in the book, there is obviously a lot of character development. Right. So you, right. you really learn the backstory between um, Halliday and then his partner. And they, they break up. They have a falling out, which is Ogden Morrow played by Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg yeah. And that really isn't explored much. And, you know, I won't give it away, but there's a lot more to that. And then there's a lot more to um, um, Wade Watts' friendship with H and his crush on Artemis and, and that relationship. And there's just a lot more to it. And I think because there was just so much jammed into this movie, it didn't have enough time to kind of slow down and let the characters breathe to give it any real emotional depth. I don't want to give anything more away, but that was my only really critique. But as I said in my review, when you're having this much fun, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. All right. There you go. I said pretty much everything. Honestly, yeah. All I can say to that is agreed <laughs> okay good which is perfect because we're actually we, we have to wrap up it's totally fine. um i mean so we spanned the entire career of steven spielberg as director which is from 1971 right to 2018 it's like what over 40 years or something i'm not great at math but here's what's incredible i didn't talk about the films that he produced Right. Now, I'm just going to mention a few of them before we wrap up because he has been behind so many iconic films that were directed by other people that he produced. Back to the Future. He produced all those movies. Of course he did. The Goonies. Poltergeist. And just so you know, there's a big urban myth that many people think he actually directed it. 
Poltergeist. Mm. Um, the Blues Brothers, Gremlins, and Gremlins 2, an American tale. I love Five an American four. tale. Yeah, the Land Before Time. I love that too. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I love that too. Twister. I love Twister. The whole Men in Black series. Wow. And, ending on a high note, Transformers, <laughs> which by the way, I loved the first one. First I one, I can it. I can deal with. And Shia LaBeouf is actually good in that. He's I realized that's probably why he cast him in in the uh, Crystal yeah, Skull in the Anna probably. Jones movie. I actually like him in that. Um, the Transformers films, <laughs> it's a bad example because they've kind of gone downhill. Yeah, let's um, not, not go there. But look, okay, good. So this was a celebration and a spotlight on Steven Spielberg. I don't think anyone can truly debate that he is the greatest filmmaker of all time. Um, he has done everything. He has done yes. comedy. He has done drama. He has done action, adventure, science fiction. Thriller. I think he's one of a kind. And I, I'd say he's got over a dozen movies here easily that will stand the test of time as true classics. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us on this uh, deep dive into Spielberg. That's all I've got. So I'm going to sign out. Good night. Good night. Thanks so much for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. My friendly reminders, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tony the Movie Guy. You can email us at Tony the Movie Guy podcast at gmail.com. You can be a patron on our Patreon page, and you can find us on YouTube. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. We really appreciate that, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.